play my own songs on the radio Got the illest beats and I got that realest flow Yeah, I play my fucking songs on the radio Y'all be sleeping on the nigga, but I let you know You about to play my fucking songs on your radio Got the illest beats and I got the realest flow Yeah, you play my fucking songs on these radios I be killing it, the real and it heal your soul We abusing the music, the vibration We divide nations when we ride spaceships It's a tasteless, I'ma take it to the basic It's the bass kick that be giving all the greatness Y'all so Satanist, kill the holy water spraying He no playing, he be living like he praying Y'all be faking, y'all be fucking fucking faking Image making, why the earth is fucking breaking Revolution, revolution on these sound waves We with the sound made when it was a sound rain Y'all polluting and be looting with the ground made That little trilly really didn't get your clout paid You on a slow fade, blowing cocaine Nigga Coltrane, I'm a, I'm a Coltrane It be the soul plane, be up on the whole thing You want a whole change, listen to this whole thing Y'all gon' play my fucking songs on the radio I got the endless beats and I got the sickest flow You gonna play my fucking songs on the radio I'm the realest nigga and I already did know You gon' play this fucking songs on the radio I got the realest beats and I fucking heal your soul Yeah, I play my fucking songs on the radio Y'all be sleeping on the nigga but I let you know Come, come, First time, yes, it's crazy out here in the unknown. This is a song I made in 2020 during the Renaissance period. I would consider 2020 um, a personal artistic renaissance, and this was one of the songs that I was working on during the Black Lives Matter cipher creations zone i was in at that time um that was actually this is produced by dax vision um please go listen to his album all words are made up dax vision d-a-x it's on spotify it's on everywhere but i was there during the creation of this record um i actually pushed him into it um but we'll save that for another body tree um (laughs) Shout out to Dax if you're listening Um, But no, it was a lot of music creation happening this year Um, Obviously I have the Black Lives Master If you don't know about it, it is a moment (laughs) in 2020 It's on my Patreon right now now at this moment Um, You can go on Patreon and subscribe and listen to it It's patreon.com slash house of jupiter um and the black lives master you know it's a mixtape but it feels more like an instrument a movement 
um, in and of itself. So I don't even know how to talk about it, but it's music that I made with King Garbage and a plethora of producers who were generous with me. And it's definitely a product of millennials, collective works, um, and addressing the reality of our time, the social pressure to um, address black life and black people in the music industry, um, our contribution, which is really why I'm here doing this Buddy Tree. If my voice seems a little weird, it's because it's 106 a.m. January 6th here in Vimei, Ghana. Vimei is a forest village deep in the Volta region. And, um, you know, I had a very yogic day. Um, and now I'm up. And this is sometimes what happens to me here in Africa. Um, I just be up. And when I'm up, I create, I write, I find things, I get inspired, I talk to the ancestors. Anyway, so there are people sleep outside, you know, that's what people do here. Um, and you might hear somebody, um, <laughs> this is weird, but you might actually hear an old woman um, screaming and just talking out of nowhere. Um, I basically live with the royal family here and the mother she the mother of the Baba who I'm staying with she is a traditional herbalist and she's sick right now so she's out here and she's sleeping outside this is her medicine you know but uh, you know she's old school too like she's like put leaves in a bucket sit in a in the sun in a position and talk to the wind you know she old school OG anyway so she has a fever and one thing people do here is they talk to fevers like their spirits and they talk them out of their body so sometimes she just start talking to the fever um, it might happen so just let you know that my life is real I'm a real blues song out here in the world um, and that's why I really want to archive um, the experience of the po' boy philosophy. Um, I rec- this really is the big bang of Kansu Ra um, as a musical artist. I would say that um, it was the transition from me being Sir Jove and then me becoming Kansu Ra um, because... Okay, you know, this album really is initiated through years of crazy shit happening to me. You know, the first one being kicked out of art school in 2014 with um, California College, College of the Arts for my association with Black Lives Matter. And then, you know, being in a... a uh, opera being in a like a activist theater play called um, Hacked Treasure of the Empires with the Caravan Theater Company and being you know on tour of a play for about eight months playing a computer hacker who you know hacks the system and is tortured by the government <laughs> a literal opera 
We got Bam from Canada. It's a whole documentary about it. I don't know if it'll ever come out. But there was a filmmaker there who captured the whole thing. It's a crazy story. Um, I really hope that it comes out because it was crazy. So I um, did that. And then on top of that, um, at the end of that year, I was in a home invasion in New Orleans. Um, I had been, after I left that p- play, um, the, the, the hacked Treasure of the Empire, I went into New York City and I tried to basically get cast as a non-equity actor and um, luckily I had a playwright friend who was able to get me in front of a director he was working with who fucked with me heavy so I got booked in this play and I was on this like hella anti-capitalist tip like don't pay me, you know, give me resources, you know, because this play, this hack treasure of the empire was really, you know, it was coming for me, you know, it was really making me think about uh, society differently and my body and society um, because of how I was using it in that play. Um, and, um, you know, so when I got cast in this play in Brooklyn, I had to buy time. So I went to New Orleans and I linked up with my best friend, Nick McMillan, um, who's a big player in the Po' Boys incarnation. He's a big player in a lot of my musical growth, but this one I think is um, when I think even Nick and I started to realize you know, the significance of his presence in my musical journey, in my musical walk. Um, So, Nick, I'm living with Nick in New Orleans, and I'm working at a cafe as a dishwasher. And I was learning my lines and preparing to be in this play. It was a two-handed play. I was, when I wasn't washing dishes, I was literally developing this character and then going to this um, African bookstore in the Seventh War and sitting at this elder's feet and getting to know her. Um, she actually is a character I based. Um, she's based. I based the character on one of my plays from her. You know, she's a source material for um, um, a character in a play called Genocide in Three Acts. So I'm living all of that. I'm very theater. I mean, I'm recording music. I'm writing music, you know, but that's just my lifestyle. I'm a blues brother, you know. I always, at that time, I always had a guitar, you know, and I always had a means to record things that were coming through me on guitar, but I never really, I never really tried to be an artist or, like, think of myself as a musician. I had a lot of fucking wombs from my early era in the music industry and then I really just didn't ever pursue music to monetize my or commercialize it, you know, to exploit it. I used it as a form of medicine, therapy and, you know, connection to my heritage. Um, my connection to God even, you know, it goes that deep because my mom is a church musician. So, you know, music is, black music in America is my DNA, you know, it's my oxygen, it's my skin tone, it's written upon me, you know. 
So I really was just recording stuff in the spirit of the blues and all the ancestors that were runaway slaves with guitars and all the ancestors that traveled the North American terrain like me with a guitar and just singing it for people who are there being very local and folk. Um, I would consider Po' Boy a millennial blues record for sure. There's no way you can't say that it's not. Um, and, um, you know, at the time, America's blues song was so deep, but we was not really paying attention to it. We wasn't really honoring it, you know. And so I was very aware that when I did actually finish recording the Po' Boy, that it was ahead of its time, that I'm one of those artists that is ahead of its time because I'm talking about what's happening right now. Um, and so even in my mind, I'm not even, when I was recording Po' Boy, because it was very unconscious, I never wanted to make this record again. Um, it really came out of my unconscious. Um, it was really birthed through a need that I felt in the world about black music. There just was so much exploitation. I didn't have the medicine, the songs that I needed as a black body, a black man in America at that time. Um, I mean, D'Angelo did do The Black Messiah, but that was 2014, 15. I'm like, baby, Trump is in office. Like, I need new energy you know and this was me really reclaiming that technology and that um inheritance of the blues shall we say um and was um just disposition in life my inheritance of being able to sing my way through a catastrophe being able to summon the hurricane, shall you say, uh, with my guitar strokes, you know, having connection to the Holy Spirit, even um, through my worship, um, and it being something that is personal and private. Anyway, so it was really important for me to fill the void that I felt like was left with Prince. When Prince died, the world was desperate for its queer, you know, black American genius, multi-instrumentalist who played everything, who had a singular vision, who was the pure essence of the whole musical vision that they're sharing. So there was a void and I felt it. Um, and again, I, I feel like this album really came out of a need of a t of that time it came out of a need of my soul it came out of a need of just the environment of the world so after the home invasion this is 2015 um i have to move back to kansas city where i'm from in my mother's house you know you talk about a blues song um, it literally took having to have a gun to my head to go back to Kansas City. I hadn't been back in a long time, I had, since I was 18, really. And I had to live there for nine months and face my history, face my, my body, my blues. The blues that come from my mama mama house and her mama mama. 
and the blues that come from my father's father's house and those fields that they toiled um, to even get in the house. Um, I had to learn about so much about my, my, my life and I became more devoted to my craft as a writer because when I got kicked, at, kicked out of art school, I started writing philosophy and philosophy is just living your wisdom. I call it wisdom. I'll share a Bodhi tree one day about philosophy, but it's W-I-Z-D-O-M. And it's about your intuition, um, about not separating yourself from what you are observing, even if it's the devil, right? Like, it's wisdom. It's about... It's about finding your your song, the music of your body, the language, um, the essence that it breathes in the world. Anyway, I so saw when I got kicked out of school, I wrote this first philosophy in 2014, early 2015 era called Mysticism for Artists in the Underbelly of the Beast. And then when I was in Kansas City after all of this shit with the caravan and fucking the home invasion, and now I'm back in Kansas City, I'm basically living in the library, learning so much, so much um, about my country, about my community, literally the neighborhood I was um, born and raised in. And um, I'm writing Philosophy Volume 2, which is Afrofuture Theater Theory. And I'm developing a pedagogy that would be the container for my playwright when I actually emerge as a playwright post po Boy. Um, but at that time, I was writing philosophy, writing a shit ton of poetry, um, shit ton of short stories, and reading so much getting into um robert johnson really deeply um mary baraka very deeply um really um exploring the terrain of the blues as it exists and connects to me from the past and you know i was really trying to look at that past land and see where it's taking me in the future and that's what the Afrofuture theater theory is so anyway i do that for nine months i end up leaving kansas city i go on a tour with all this material that i had developed called the jedi memory tour through california it started in los angeles then i went to oakland and then i closed it in fresno and I made enough money to move back to Chicago. I hadn't lived in Chicago since 2014. So it's 2016. It's 2016, pre-Trump. Pre-Trump, 2016. And um, I'm in Chicago. Um, and I'm living back in the first Artrom that... I was in and I'm making a lot of music. One thing is that when I'm in Chicago, wow, I'm on I'm in this musical channel. I don't know, I just got good ley lines or something in my astro cartology or something. So I was just discovering all this music. I had been away from music really 
as a lifestyle for a long time, you know, because I was writing and acting. So um, it was just good to be creating a lot of music. I had a lot, a lot of just new stuff coming through me. Um, And I probably had about 25 original songs and I wanted to make a record, but again, I was like, I don't have no money. I got to open up my music industry wounds, you know. Uh, I just wanted to stay in the shaman role, you know. I just want to stay in the technology of it. So I was just steady writing these songs. And I remember I moved out to Arshram, and I moved into this house with Nick. And Nick basically saw how much I was writing and doing. And he he basically was like, "Look, I'm paying the rent. You just like live here and like do your art thing, get your get your yoga life." Like he really took care of me because he saw um, the devotion and he was really invested in how much um, work I had produced and how far I had developed on my own, you know, without any institution and any motivation um, to do this for money or nothing, you know, just like the love, the innate, the DNA. Um, So (laughs) um, I'm living at this house, and one morning Nick plays um, John Bat's Let It Happen the song on the album let it happen too and i remember he was playing it from his room he had on a bluetooth speaker and i remember it filling the house and i was like i couldn't believe my ears i was like in another universe or something and i walked out the room and i'm standing in the middle of our living room like in my underwear and i'm like what the fuck is this like it was like meeting God for the first time, you know, and this is like being an atheist and then realizing that God is real. So I'm having this existential crisis in my living room with John Baptist, Let It Happen. And, you know, I find the album, I listen to it religiously, and I DM John Baptist like the next day on Instagram and I'm like my guy this album's incredible did you record this like did did you do this by yourself and he was like yeah it's just me um and this is before John Bab was whoever he is in the future and bigger than what he is right now during this recording at 1 30 a.m <laughs> um so John Bab, he responds, he told me he did, and I was like, yo, this nigga can figure this out. There's no way I cannot not, because I feel like, I don't know, I felt like it was like a kindred spirit or something. It was like I was hearing the gods that I hear in my head reflected back to me in the material world, you know? It was like... I hear shit like this in my head, like this is who I am on the inside. <laughs> that song, Let It Happen, I wish I had it to play, but I was like, I hope you look it up, Let It Happen, John Bab, J-O-N, Bab, B-A-P, and it is, it really is like a reflection of my inner world, you know, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta find a way to translate myself in recorded music, and I was like, okay. I gotta do this. So, 
at the time I was living in a highly musical um, creative environment Chicago is the renaissance y'all slept on us you know Chance the Rapper is definitely a microcosm of the macro <laughs> um, you could also say he's a macro the micro um, in all the whole spectrum of it um, but even the radicalness of that whole business paradigm could only exist in an American city like Chicago so shout out to Chicago I was highly involved in the DIY scene I was producing stuff for people I was getting beats sent to me all the time that I was writing to um, you know and I also was living with Nick who was now at that time we're talking about 2016 2017 he really started to take his musical um, life a little bit more serious maybe got a little bit more mature with it um, he was investing a lot of time and energy into collaborating with people and learning um, his his lifestyle, his way of music, his instrumentation, his expression. Um, and I think, honestly, him being in a po' boy fire, because it was a fire, and I think he would agree it was a fire, um, really, I think, was the thing that sharpened his sword. And he sharpened my sword by uh, giving me access to all these different rehearsal rooms, um, this village of people jamming all the time, um, speakers and stuff. Um, I was able to, so basically Nick had a rehearsal room that he would work out of. So what I would do is go in there either between like 1 a.m., you know, it's crazy that's why I'm up like one to four you know or maybe four a.m to nine before it got too crazy and, and more people came or I would go yeah I would go either really late or really early it wasn't that far from the house I would skateboard there yes in the west side of Chicago no weapon formed against me and I was like I'm living my dharma I wore all white um during that era I was basically the dude wearing all white, white cartel, you know, white shirt, you know, white koofy on a skateboard, <laughs> rolling through the west side of Chicago. Um, yeah, I was also highly involved in my yoga education. I was studying with your Sarah Hotep, who is the master teacher that led me to my name, Kansura. And I also was, um, Studying at the Moksha at Moksha, well, I was really working there. I was working at a yoga studio too, so I was in a student at that place I worked at, and a student too. Yes, here. So I was very involved in yoga. I was also teaching yoga. By the time I finished recording the Pop Boy in Chicago, so it was a huge evolutionary moment in time. Twenty sixteen. Um, obviously, there was a lot of shit going on politically, socially in America. Um, I think a really big uh, social thing that was happening at this time was um, the Dakota Access Pipeline. 
and the the I don't know for me it was like an inner personal reckoning period of how much we have taken from the Native Americans and how erased they are how the indigenous world is erased um, in the U.S. and just how backwards that all is um, and even my complicity with my own co colonialism I mean colonialism was a very big thing um, that I wanted, wanted to explore and I think that black Americans we never um, talk about colonialism and our investments in it and the fact that we are a very colonized group of people so this is really what I was reckoning with I mean I had lost everything America basically spat me out I got kicked out of school I got literally chased out of a house I was sleeping in I had a gun put on me when I was asleep and then on top of that, when I reached out for help and when I was really down on my luck, like really at my lowest point, Americans turned a blind eye to me. People couldn't handle the PTSD that comes with, you know, all these different traumas that were being inflicted on me. Um, and I really was looking for human help, human love, human something to almost acknowledge that, you know, I am literally just in the vortex of where this historical landmass is operating. And that's the burden of the blues, right? That's the burden of really having the shit in you is that you can't hide from history because the blues comes out of the earth of the USA. The blues is an indigenous um, weaponry. It's an indigenous technology. You know, it's a way of life. And so you can't really escape the history. And I think that the history of the U.S. was really impacting even how I could be an artist, you know. And to the point that I ain't even tried to be an artist when it was literally my natural you know way of life it's my natural sense of being and being here in africa i've been able to restore that here in my art shop and i've been able to restore and recover and rest and regroup and get that um that superpower back shall we say that superpower of inheriting um the black american musical tradition you know having it written in inside me having it being my way of having to decode life and i would say that the po boy is the first time that i was being honest about that i think when i was in sir jove um I was coding it and all these cosmic and psychological and philosophical um, pictures. I was telling it through space and, and science fiction, but I wasn't relating it to my actual body. You know, I was almost, I wouldn't say I was disassociating with it, but that was the best way I knew how to, to decode it, right? Because mainstream then fucking sucked it out of the, just out of our villages, <laughs> you know, mainstream and fucking sucked it out of even how we feel comfortable doing it. 
um, as black people. So, I mean, a perfect example, we'll get into the record now. This is Kansas City Moonchild. I don't know, can y'all hear Grandma? I'm gonna play There she go. She talking to that fever. This deep, Kansas City Moonchild is that kind of voodoo. Um, I'm living in a highly voodoo area of Africa, of Ghana. So, I got stories, yo. Wow. Anyway, Kansas City Moonchild, personal hoodoo here. So, I never intended for anybody to hear this. I was hella depressed when I wrote this song. <laughs> I mean, y'all gotta understand, I couldn't sleep for a long time. It's probably another reason why I'm up recording this therapy. Um, but I couldn't sleep. After the home invasion, and I was a mess. I was a mess. I literally was super paranoid, and I didn't have any support. I really didn't have anyone taking the PTSD very serious. So I was miserable, and everybody around me, I was living in my mom, and basically all my, me and my sisters were back home. And everybody was fucking, my mom was fucking, my sisters, I was like the most fuckless person in time, in the history of mankind. And um, I was just really wanting to bring people around me, so I made this song as a way to make my sisters laugh. Um, and to really tell them how I was really feeling, to, you know, to communicate with them. And um, it did, it worked, everybody laughed. Um, and I will, honestly, the only reason why I recorded it was number one, when I went back to Chicago, I remember I was playing um, a guitar version of this on the, um, I was playing a guitar version of it to, for my friend James Yee. And he heard it and he was like, yo, this is the most mature, real shit you ever did. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, this is dope. And he asked me to play it again. And it was the easiest one to start with. I was like, I mean, if James like it, it's only like a drum and a bass. So. That's Louis Armstrong, Charlie Parker, Screaming Jay Hawkins. I wanted all of them to come through me. Like one of the biggest politics I had about this record 
was to reclaim black music because I felt like it was under attack. I felt like it was very exploited. I felt like people really weren't making it for people. Like they wasn't really putting that soul in it. They was looking cute. You know, I think there's a lot of fans of D'Angelo, but they don't want to go to that church where his mama preaching, you know, and really feel the real gateway that that gives you voodoo, that gives you brown sugar, that gives you, you know, the artist that is D'Angelo, you know, there that there's a I feel like there's a sacred domain in black music that used to exist in mainstream, that used to exist in the commercial zone. Like even with someone like Aretha, you know, like there was this sacred domain where it did something to your soul. And I, I was, I was needing that. I was looking for that. I wanted it. I was desperate. It's okay. So I didn't start recording Po' Boy until um, April 2017. And after I recorded Pope um, Kansas City Moonchild, I sent that a version that I had at the time to Zach Cooper, who is another huge part of this endeavor. And Zach Cooper basically, um, you oh, okay, sorry, Zach Cooper basically, I was like, what do you think of this? And Zach was like, oh my God, like, bro, this is dope. Like, you should keep going. You should keep trying to figure this out. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this whole thing on GarageBand. Okay, this is another thing. The album is called Po' Boy because I literally was... So po like beyond if I didn't have Nick's support, I would basically be a minimum wage suffering slave. I wouldn't have time to do any of this. So I was able to really channel my energy in this direction because I had some type of support. Um, but at that time, I mean, okay, so I recorded it on a borrowed, not a borrowed, a donated computer. It was a throwaway computer, a MacBook that was like 2000. Seven. I'm talking about old computer from a girl named Jessica Marks, good friend of mine. It was her mom's ex-husband's computer that he gave her out of pity because she was an artist. And she had gotten a new computer and she was like, you don't have a computer and it's the 21st century here. So she gave me this computer um, and I did this whole thing on that computer on Jessica Mar- on GarageBand. Juan Jessica Marx's mother's ex-husband's computer. His name is Philip. I called the computer Philip. I treated it like a human. It was my best friend. Um, I recorded my whole first EP on there. <laughs> so, and then the microphone I had was donated to me or given to me by a friend who worked at Sure Microphones. He was a microphone engineer at the time. And, you know, he just had an extra mic. And he saw how much I had recorded on my computer from... 2011 to 13 so at the end of 2013 he gave that microphone to me um, just as a gift like acknowledgement you know of how hard I had been working because I recorded maybe about 13 14 albums before I got to Poe Boy but I didn't have a microphone I was doing it all on my computer so 
po'boy for real, like a blues for real. Like I was just literally a field recorder. I didn't have no nothing. Like it was literally me from scratch, hip hop for real. So um, I'm taking this bootleg computer and I'm recording all these tracks on one track. The second track I recorded was Buffalo, but I'm not gonna play Buffalo right now. I'm gonna go on order. And I sent, I remember I sent Buffalo to um, Zach, and he was like, yo, this shit is dope. Like, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna try to make a record. I got a lot of songs here. And I sent him a list of like 14 songs that I had. And he was like, look, if you really wanna do this, you gotta scale it down to something that's realistic, something that you can really do. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do seven Because I had Wrote 14 that I really liked And I was like, I'm going to cut it in half with interludes And I'm going to make this like Story picture book Colonial yoga sutra Decolonized spell Ritual of the blues Snatching the wig Off these white boys Who's singing our songs um, And making more money than us What the fuck Um, So it was all in that spirit. <laughs> it was all coming from that time. And then on top of that, the Native Americans fighting against the black snake and just being in prayer and solidarity with that on a spiritual level. It was a lot of stuff going on. So anyway, after I got after I did Buffalo demo, I was like, I'm gonna do this album. I made the list and then I went in for the next 12 days in ritual I had to record everything with one mic Through GarageBand And then send each of those stems out To be mixed to Zach Because we had made an agreement and I was like if I do this I need you to be with me and So he was like okay I'll mix it with you And we was working together really On this and he actually plays Zach plays a few times on the record I'll point him out when it comes We'll go to the next song um, Which is Never Tim I wrote in 2015 actually um and it was no i wrote this in 2016 in like january early 2016 and i was in the kansas city public library in north kansas city and it was a poem that i had written to pull myself out of depression i was asking my spirit to talk to me to um speak through me give me something epic um medicate me because i'm down i was working as a minimum wage slave making 7.25 an hour i would go to the library and read a book before i went into work um and no i made 9.25 let me not shit on kansas like that it was 9.25 <laughs> um, in taxes so 7.25 um but I wrote this poem and it was in one sitting. I literally can see myself sitting in front of the window doing it right now. And when I decided to make the record, I just turned it, the poem into a song. So even um, the singing part that happens in the beginning was a part of the poem. And so I, I used my intuition to find the guitar part. And that's how I got Never Tim. Grown from the mud. Oh, that's your crumb of love. Might break you down. Yeah. 
as I spiral to sounds Thou in a garden, yeah Please move me towards my name Thou's memory, yeah Okay, I won't spend too much time lamenting on songs Because you can listen to it for yourself Giving you a lot of context um, The next song is Somewhere Somewhere was a mantra That I used to sing Again, this is during the pre-Trump time And I remember the Americans were very scared And especially young people um, in Chicago From my worldview um, Just because they were absorbing a lot of the energy of their parents And the media And it was I mean, nobody wanted Trump to win in 2016. I mean, of course, the silent majority was in Illinois, but um, I think that the general spirit of even, like, the young people, the youth, the invisible ones, (laughs) shall we say, were against it. And so I really used to walk around and sing this in Chicago. The first time I found it, I was downtown Chicago, and I sang it, the the mantra. Um, all black sheep on, all black the, sheep on the globe. Let's go build our home. And I started crying. Let's go build and the wind was blowing against me. And it was crazy. I just like felt all the fear, the sadness that a lot of young people felt. And it was just like me trying to encourage the environment to dream. Pull ourselves up, you know. Okay, anyway, next song, My People took me three weeks to do. My People was one of the songs that I wrote during that period when I first got back to Chicago before I had recorded any music, before I had even moved into that house um, with Nick on the west side Um, when I was living in the Archron we had a piano in there and I remember I woke up and I used to play these chords all the time and when I started to the words started to reveal themselves to me it was like I can't write this this is dangerous you know I can't write this this is real this hurts (laughs) Um, and um it took me three weeks because I wasn't courageous. I wasn't courageous to write down my first line. I had to go on journeys with stuff. And on top of that, I really do think that the ancestors were working through me in this song. Um, because if you know me, you know it did not take me long to write a song, okay? I make songs like COVID spreads in the U.S. Yikes, but... Like, once I pop the fun, don't stop. You know, like, I'm one of those. And sorry if that offended anybody. Um, but also, the analogy is perfect. You know, I don't, it doesn't take me much. It doesn't take much to write music. Uh, so, three weeks and having to go on a journey with just being stuck and really having to investigate my heart, really having to get in the deep chapter of the philosophy, having to confront one's history, that's really what the rest of the match of this song was, three weeks. Wow. 
It's a heavy song um, And it was fun to record actually I was pretty proficient at this point um, And I was having fun uh, It took me a couple weeks to learn how to play the drums To record the po' boy So I didn't just go straight into it I mean I kinda did But I had to learn how to play the drums And especially how I was going to record myself With one Having to only do one, you know, microphone and one take of, you know, one mic and not being able to cut it up, you know. So, baby, my people was also just the part where I was starting to feel more comfortable and I felt like I was actually hearing what the record was. Shout out to Jordan Harris who lent me his keyboard. Um, this is Jordan Harris's keyboard. Uh, Chicago icon <laughs> in my eyes. Evanston icon for sure. Um, definitely Chicago. Chicago is fuck, homie. Um, Wretched of the Earth is next. Wretched of the Earth came closer to when I I was still living at the Arshram. This is. At the time where I was generating a lot of work with the music communities, and me and Nick one night, you know, we were jamming in our friend Blaze's living room. He was on the drum, I was on guitar, and at one point in the jam, this guitar line started coming through me, and I was so like overwhelmed because I had never heard myself play guitar like this ever at this point. And I didn't know that I could. I really didn't know that I could play like this. And I kept telling Nick, I was like, bro, this is Prince playing through me. This is not me. I literally cannot play guitar like this. I've never had this dexterity. I've never done this shit with my hands ever. And he was like, let's record it. So we stopped. We rec- tried. I got into the spirit again, recorded it. Recorded it. <laughs> recorded it. And then... Um, um, I actually channeled the, the lyrics somewhat the first time we recorded that. Nick has that. So if you're hearing this, Nick, please archive that shit because I do believe I wrote this in like one sitting. It was the urgency of it that existed in the time. Um, and again, I think this is also me connecting myself to a much larger thing beyond my own personal oppression. I'm a part of an environment um, of poverty. I'm a part of an environment where 99% of us um, are at the hymns of 1%. We can't see. Let's get paid just to eat or live in shelters with our families. People scrambling Nobody here free. 
thought that this message was like a little too raw for America. You know, again, this is not a song I ever thought I would ever sing in front of people. It was just me jamming and saying what I really felt and saw and was wrestling with in my own soul um, at that time. And I just didn't feel like what I had to say had much value because um, capitalism was making it. It was, it was, it was toppling everything. It was like, who cares about the soul? Who cares about, you know, the forests of the city? <laughs> Bitch, get this money, you know? Who cares about you poor people? Um, and it wasn't until after I recorded Poe Boy and I went to Egypt, actually, and I saw how poor and, you know, how the condition of the country was after the revolution, because I was one of the first people to come to Egypt on a pilgrimage during um, the time when it had just opened after their revolution. And I had saw what I was thinking about. I remember I was standing in Giza. Um, and playing a version that Zach Cooper had mixed and sent to me. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing the, wor- the world that I'm narrating in the song. And at first I was like... It's just above its time, you know, and it's North America, the the wave of the revolution ain't really hit it like this. It's, it ain't hit it like it hit over here yet. But the way that <laughs> America moving, girl, 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 um, they might, they might, people getting hungry, you know, so, um, yeah, let's just keep it moving. So at this point, me and Zach Cooper, we're sending a lot of stuff back and forth to each other. Um, medicines was something that came from a sample of a previous Sergio's record, actually. I think I have it on my computer. Let me see if I can find it for y'all. I have a record called The Milky Woo Galaxy. I think it's on... Oh, you hear this. I think it's on my um, SoundCloud, so you can SoundCloud Kansura. And um, I think, yeah, I think it's public. I think it's a public one. I got to check after this, actually. Anyway, I recorded this thing, the Milky Way Galaxy. Honestly, it was at a time where I was, again, just recording a bunch of shit on guitar. So I like, see. I was a blues brother for real, and I was in a friend's house in Bed-Stuy, the playwright actually, um, who I was casting um, to play in that Brooklyn play before the home invasion. Um, so he had recorded materials, he was like, you got a guitar, you should record some stuff. So I recorded this thing, put it, a little, put it on a little file on my computer, gave it to my friends, it was literally nothing to me. Um, but it was, I mean, it was something because again, it was me using the spiritual technology of the blues to get me through life. I'm a struggling artist in the U.S. during the Obama age. Yikes! You know, so the song is called Liberation. I sample um, Louis Farrakhan talking about Black Americans. The young lion, the
Um, and, and again, this was two years before the Po Boys. So this is like what I'm exploring. Okay, so also real quick before we get to the song, this is I'm channeling this whole thing. I recorded this all in one take. I honestly didn't even realize I was unconscious. Like I didn't even realize it was a channel for sure. So here is medicines right here. This is where it comes from. something Miles Davis would have played on the trumpet I'm telling you anyway uh, so I used to use that sample I used to cut up the guitar and use the sample really as a mantra space for myself I was thinking this again for myself I wasn't really thinking people was gonna hear it, it was gonna be funny. I used to just have this beat playing sometimes while I was skateboarding through Chicago, you know. So when I recorded it, originally I wanted it to be auto-tune, but we couldn't find it. I'm glad we kept it like this though. stories you bought into, these are brains washed, cause everyone drunk the juice. Claim on you's beautiful They don't love you They just think they do Watch the words move in one way While in action we Really when I talk about that it's a lot of layers. I wanted it to be heard on a lot of layers. I'm, there's a personal and then there's an impersonal layer to it, you know. And when I talk about the wildflowers, I'm literally talking about ancestral memory. I'm talking about the earth, you know, that's really what I mean when I speak of black music, earth music, music that saves the earth, music that comes from the soul of the earth. Um, and again, I had to create a medicine, which is the truth, um, and have and singing for the pain that comes with seeing so much injustice, the pain that comes with observing black people die by the hands of police and the hands of our own brothers, the pain of seeing that little boy in the west side walk around with a gun in his hand, you know, the pain of the people, because we are in pain, you know. Instagram and social media craze force us to make our lives look pretty, but we live in a very fucked up situation. We live in a very unbeautiful, um, just social experiment right now as a global world. We have so much abundance and resources available to provide for all humans and we're still greedy we still have you know a class of people that hold our ideology that keep everything in place so this was really to to take back black music to bring back that soul for us to sing my people again to sing 
my ritual again. I was tired of all these white boys. And, and some of y'all not even white. Some of y'all just want to be white and say y'all white. But you know you Latin. Or you know you Arab. Anyway. And you know you Jewish. Anyway, so. <laughs> I wanted them to learn. I wanted to snatch it back. I wanted to just take back the power as a uh, an inheritor, as a child, a descendant of jazz and blues, um, as a, 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 a baby, a, a, a man child, you know, incarnate of the crossroads. As a baby, I was born at the crossroads where rhythm and blues met, you know, and had a shootout with each other. You know, I, 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 as a child, I grew up in the same resonance where Charlie Parker was finding bebop, okay? Mary Lou Williams, should I continue? Like, it was just so many things in an unsung blues people in Kansas City um, that I hope to live well and I hope to take up this the inheritance well anyway so i say all that to end with buffalo so i i went through the record i did another version of buffalo because i had recorded a version before and then i had to sort of re-record some stuff um oh i want to also shout out because in this recording this is a moment not in this moment that you're hearing but in this song zach cooper who is the engineer who mixed and mastered this. He plays the bass on this song. He also plays the bass in the chorus of Wretched of the Earth. So revisit the choruses of Wretched of the Earth. That's Zach Cooper on the bass, filling it in. And that's also him um, on the bass line at the end during the more everything love part. Um, Okay, so Buffalo came. I remember I was walking in Chicago and uh, someone showed me the video of the buffaloes running across the field during the protests um, in Dakota um, and so I just remember getting chills and just it being such an emotional wave because we was uh, at least in my community we was really holding that that was a very big moment um, for us um, so you know we was that was to see that felt like a, a spiritual sign from the ancestors especially if you think of the significance of the buffalo in the U.S. Um, and how the U.S. used it to control the Indians by killing off the buffalo anyway so that's let's not even get into that so honestly I was super charged I had chills coming down my spine I walked home immediately got my guitar because I heard the song I heard the song that literally while I was watching the video and I went home I found the guitar I'm not making this up I swear to God I played I played it and I swear I heard the version I'm not making this up I heard the version that you hear on the po' boy in my head I'm not joking and that's again it was because i was able to sort of hear it when i 
recorded after I recorded Kansas City Moonchild in the beginning of the recording process that I kept going and making it because it sounded exactly like this when I went home and channeled this song. And when I say channel, I'm talking about like the way you hear it is like almost the way it came out. The first version was very long. I had hit the garage band open, no microphone at that time, hit record play the chorus and I'm just singing the song sentence for sentence, word for word, recording it, crying, um, channeling the more everything love part, getting in the spirit. I was just, it was super emotional. Um, when you gonna heal the earth, I'm literally weeping my eyes out because it just, it all just came out in just this one sitting. The first version of Buffalo was much longer than the version that we have on the record basically had to get to the root of what the song was trying to communicate and it was really speaking about the Native Americans and making sure that um, that we honor the fact that we have that we're just living on stolen land that we honor the fact that this is their homeland that this land is sacred it's ancient and that we stand in solidarity um, with our native brothers and sisters to protect the earth to protect america and its whole whole entire self not just its business but the spirit in which its business is occupied this land is sacred you can feel it everywhere you go everywhere Though the whole world is changing, this land will always live with our souls. Look out at the hills, flatlands, deserts, and rivers, mountains and fields. You see, this planet's a giver, and there's so much more here on this land that we share. That can replenish us, but the tech be the care. Oh boy, I mean Buffalo, when I was recording it, the again, every time I did it, a new part would be channeled, um, and the harmonies and the everything love and the, the guitar part at the end, really... Again, it was like the Holy Spirit had moved me. It's like every time I hear this song, I, I really don't feel like I could take credit for it because I don't feel like I wrote this song. You know, I feel like this song wrote itself through me. I was just lucky to be the one to catch it, you know. Um, but I was very aware that it was special when I was recording this record. So I had to make sure I made this the most perfect thing ever. I put a lot of love attention into this this one it was the last song I did um, that I recorded vocally and I remember just crying my eyes out after I finished it because I didn't think I could do it and I had recorded an album where I was like them all the instruments uh, so that was that was just a great thing to do I don't know it was just a great feeling to have heard where I was at as a musician and hadn't played music my whole life. Um, 
Okay, so so many things I want to say to wrap this up. Um, if you're still listening, I fuck with you. Thank you so much for rocking with me on the Bodhi Tree. Um, you can listen to the Bubble on all streaming websites. Um, and I don't know. Okay, so the album art was done by my friend Rachel Cole. Um, the craziest thing is after the first pass of the Poe Boy was mastered, Rachel came to New York City where I was living and I was in acting school at the time. And I told her I didn't know what I wanted for an album cover because I already told, communicated that I wanted her to make it. But I was like, I know I want the face of this King Tut on my thing. That's all I know. And she was like, that's crazy because the mock-ups I made, and she had the picture of the King Tut. So we modeled the, the album art after the um, full car. So you see he's hopping off the cliff. So shout out to Rachel for this iconic picture that has moved me through music. Okay, also Zach Cooper, who's playing the bass right here. Let me turn it up. This is Zach Cooper, y'all. Oh, just more on everything you love I, I just more everything love Just more everything We just need love. a little bit more of everything love Just more everything love The first version he did of that And I was like, just make it up You're a better bass player than I can ever imagine to tell you to play You know, and His first version was the most Thelonious Monk bass line I had ever heard. I was like, okay, now bring it back to the human world. Okay, I understand you're a Martian. This is beyond brilliant. Um, but I need you to bring it in for the humans. Um, but now Zach Cooper is my musical soulmate. I would consider him um, that in my life. He has been a part of everything that I have done as Kansura. Even Sir Joe, he's been a part of the whole evolution. And honestly, it was Zach's encouragement that really um, pushed me to put, make a record. So we really have this because Zach was like, no, nah, like make it biteable, you know, do something that you can actually do, you know, make it do something, you know, but make it something that you can do. So um, him encouraging me and then him being um, an engineer and uh, 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 a spiritual, you know, compartment, um, I mean, or a p- partner. He also just like a spiritual guide, a spiritual quest mate, shall we say. Because making this was very spiritual, you know, I was making a lot of theoretical music. Not theoretical, but it was spacey. It was much more coded than this. This was very specific to my human story at that time. Um, a lot of my other stuff is very futuristic, you know. But this was my organs, my bones, my sweat, my tears, um, and my cry for the world to get better. And Zach Cooper really, um, he really went there with me when I was recording this. And also shout out to the Chicago DIY saying everybody who just gave, had all the resources and shared it, um, who even 
didn't even show up to studio sessions. You know, a lot of the Chicago people, um, you know, they was on some other shit. You know, when I was doing all of this, I think I was just a little too out there. Um, and I was legit recovering from PTSD after a home invasion. So people, a lot of people didn't fuck with me, um, which I was like, I get it. <laughs> I'm working on my stuff. <laughs> I'm making a blues record. But people even doing that, I think, really pushed me into believing in myself because I didn't think I could make a record without money. I didn't think I could do it without um, the support of a band because I had, again, at this time, I had never recorded all the instruments. So it really forced me to dream big and to believe in myself. Um, Again, Nick McMillan, who he just knew. He was waiting for me to say, I'm making an album. You know, he was like, bet, it's time. So to Nick for also being a, a sword sharpener um, in the thick of, you know, America transitioning into the Trump age. So I didn't release um, the Poe Boy until July of 2018, even though I finished it in April and May, sorry, May of 2017. And the reason why is because I feared for my life. Um, and I just thought nobody would give a fuck about it. I really didn't think nobody would care. It was for me to see that I can record all the instruments. I didn't even think it was really that good because it was such a much more humble um, vision or execution of the first vision I had with the 16 or the 14 tracks, you know. So I was like, this little kid shit. You know, and also, <laughs> I didn't think people would care. I mean, money over love, you know, it was money over everything. And I just felt like where I was at and where America was at, we're not in alignment. The only reason why I released it was because I was graduating from um, acting school. And um, I was like, well, I got to show people I can sing because that would be a way to get work as a performer. Um, And then on top of that, it was a way to Beyonce, my acting school experience. So I released it online, on Spotify and stuff, um, the day of my graduation. So I like graduated acting school and I was like, oh, by the way, like (laughs) I have an album out. And everybody was like, what? Because nobody knew I sang, nobody knew I did music, nobody knew nothing about the blues unless I was talking about it or writing about it in my plays at the time. So it was interesting. It was a very cool little magical moment. Um, I ate a po' boy. out with Nick um, the day we it dropped on the internet in in New York in Manhattan and it was just it was a whole spiritual quest um, it was a whole spiritual quest I released it literally the year, a year after I had left to my pilgrimage in Egypt with my master teacher so it was the whole thing was very holistic and transformative and I think that the Bow Boy will get his time. I don't think it's this time because I think this time is not ready. You know, maybe we're catching up. Maybe we're all in drama because COVID has fucked up our money. 
Um, maybe the pyramid is finally sinking down to the ground and the people at the top are now feeling the heat. But um, I, I don't think it's for this time. And I don't even try to reach people in this time. I don't even try to look at this time as an audience because I would be bored and <laughs> um, disillusioned. And even, um, I think, limited in my self-expression if I consider the consciousness of this time. No shade, no tea. I know I sound like an arrogant asshole, but I swear to God, the things that I'm living in right now here in Ghana are things that I wrote about 10 years ago. And I've been writing every day for a long time. So I'm only speaking from what I am living and as I am evolving as a blues and a jazz man um, in a crazy, crazy world like Earth. Um, so I would say that the Poe Boy is my Earth song. It was my Earth song and it definitely got me here to Ghana, got me here to Africa and it's moving me through life. Um, so. Shout out to the Pope Boy Philosophy. Shout out to everybody listening. This has been a lighter notes episode of the Bodhi Tree Cipher. Thank y'all for hanging out with me. Thank y'all for listening. Please feel free to talk to me about um, anything. Well, you can hit me up on IG at House of Jupiter. Um, and you can find me online doing something at some point. So thank y'all so much. Uh, stay on the lookout for more episodes and also for more music from your favorite Cosmo cousin. Holy smells exclaim, mystic love affairs. Red and blue warfare, purple magi smells. Oh, holy me, oh.